This is the five tech things that you should know about for September 14th, 2023. Apple released some new iPhones. Which one are you going to get? There's four different models. We're going to talk about that today. But first, Google is in a monopoly trial starting this last Monday. The civil antitrust lawsuit filed by the United States Department of Justice and a group of state attorney generals alleges that Google has abused the monopolistic power of the online search market to harm competition and consumers. It's a three-tier approach. Google's agreements with the device manufacturers and internet browsers to make Google the default search engine, Google's use of its search results to promote its own products and services, and Google's acquisitions of rival companies. For example, Google paid Apple to be the default search engine on Safari. Morgan Stanley estimated that Google paid up to $20 billion in traffic acquisition. With Google talking about customized ad experiences, they could eventually control what you see or buy. This is a 10-week trial, and as we know more, you're going to know more. In the meantime, if you want to use Google but don't want to be tracked, you can opt out through Google or through third-party apps. The North American International Auto Show kicked off in Detroit Tuesday amidst striking workers. The new 2024 GMC Acadia was unveiled with more tech inside than you can imagine. Although the interior console looks like a big BlackBerry device, the crossover vehicle has a lot of great features, including improved hands-free Super Cruise highway system. Now, Ford also unveiled their new F-150 pickup with promises of producing more hybrid versions by 2024. It's roughly around 20% of their stock. Harman showed off a technology suite called ReadyCare that watches the driver and informs them when they're going to get fatigued in driving. The system monitors expressions and eye movement and determines drowsiness or just zombie expression. Along with monitoring heartbeats through remote photo plethysmography, our PPG, in short, it can then alert the driver to take a rest. Yank Tech, yeah, that's the name of the company, is putting wireless power into cars through magnetic resonance to charge your phone or adjust your seat. And the VNC Cobalt Cube is a solution to control user interfaces for emergency responders to get a modular dash display and help streamline commands so they can get to and from an incident quick and easy. Have you been following NAIAS? Let me know in the comments below if there's anything I missed and what you liked about the auto show. All right, let's get the tech history out of the way. September 14th, 1973, IBM had a suit filed in January of 72 by Telex, accusing IBM of monopolizing the plug-compatible equipment market. You know, like uh, disk drives and printers and other add-ons. Judge Sherman Christensen handed down a 222-page verdict. He found that both Telex and IBM were both guilty for the allegations waged against each other. September 15, 2008, Best Buy tries to shift their game and solidify digital music downloads by purchasing Napster. The tech retailer laid down $121 million for the company. 
Alas, it didn't work out the way that they wanted, and in 2011, Napster merged with Rhapsody. Best Buy did keep a small stake in the merger, but eventually the company renamed back to Napster, which is where you can find it nowadays. And on September 17, 1989, four years after resigning from Apple, Steve Jobs and Next announced the Next Step OS, a Unix-based system with BSD and the mock kernel. Next Step OS was ultimately purchased by Apple and became the basis of the Mac OS X system, which is also iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, and tvOS. And that's your tech history for this week. If you have WhatsApp, and who doesn't? Zuckerberg announced the rollout of Channels, which is aimed towards broadcast messages. It will be in 150 countries in the next few weeks. Now, Channels is simply a new way to organize your favorites. If you want to follow a sports team or join a group or a favorite bird watchers, you can find and join the channel. It'll send you updates so you can stay in the know on events, on how-tos, and just, you know, fun groups. Do you need a new logo? Fiverr it. Do you need a custom QR code? Fiverr it. Software, security, customize, voice script for video, make an AI image, write a script, write a resume, take a picture of a video podcast, create some music, audit your webpage, your Instagram, your YouTube channel, get a contract lawyer. Fiverr it. If there's something that needs to be done, Fiverr is a great way to get somebody to do it. And if you know how to do something, set up your own Fiverr. I did that. I did voiceovers and wrote a couple blog posts for different people. If there is anything you need to get done online, Fiverr is a great way to get it done. Go to geekazine.com forward slash Fiverr with two R's to get started. That's geekazine.com forward slash F-I-V-E-R-R. Fiverr. Ring, the doorbell company that Amazon bought back in 2018, is now tracking your pet. The new pet tag accessory will help reunite lost pets with owners. It's basically a tag with a QR code on it that can be scanned via phone. Scanning the chip will give you the name of the pet and its main profile. It won't give out any personal information like a phone number, just a button that says contact owner. But you will know the pet's name and if they have any conditions that you should be aware of. Pet tag is in pre-order for $9.99 and is going to ship on October 4th. I've been wearing this all summer. This is the Geek AI shirt. Yes, I did use AI to create this shirt. And of course, I did a little bit of post photoshopping to make it my own. But you can get it now yourself. We've got a link down below that you can get it. You can also get it over on Amazon. I'll have the link for that down there as well. If you go over to geekazine.com forward slash merch, you can see all the t-shirts, all the coffee mugs, including the Geekazine logo coffee mug, and a lot more. You can go over there and support the channel via a t-shirt, and I thank you guys very much. You guys geek out. Apple Wanderlust came and gone like a hitchhiker looking to find that best road to take to get to Dublin. The company focused on two things, new watches and new iPhones, including the one that might be that DSLR killer. You can check out all the specs on the watches. Simply, we have the now the ninth generation standard watch with the second generation ultra watch 
They were both announced with many new features. The Ultra Watch with a 36 hour battery. Both have gesture support now. Tapping your finger to your thumb could take a picture. It could start a timer, stop an alarm, and a lot more. But what are you gonna use that gesture for? Let me know in the comments below. Once again though, four flavors of iPhone 15 were introduced to the public, which might make your head spin, your dog bark, and your least favorite courier throw your package over the hedge instead of walking it up to the front door and placing it nicely on the stoop and then kind of just brushing it off and say, here is your package. So then you ask yourself, well, which one should I get? And that's what we're going to talk about today. The differences between the four models, what is missing from all of the models, how they look expensive but might not be all that, and finally, which one are you going to be looking at? Let's start with the four models. They include the iPhone 15, the iPhone 15 Plus, the iPhone 15 Pro, and the iPhone 15 Pro Max. All four models feature USB-C. Ah, alas, poor Mitty. We may love the sea, but the port is not the same. What does that mean? Simply put, the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus will have a USB-C plug, but will be running at USB 2.0 speeds. This is around 480 megabits per second. If you need to transfer 4K video, this makes it harder over that 10 gigabyte USB-C 3.0 speed of the Pro and the Pro Max. By the way, Plus and Max parts refer to the larger screen size of 6.7 inches versus the iPhone, which is just 6.1 inches. Now there's some question as to the cable that you get with your iPhone Pro and Pro Max because the footnote says you have to purchase the 3.0 cable separately. And Apple is suggesting a purchase of a USB-C Thunderbolt cable. I know that is confusing, especially when Thunderbolt speeds get up to 40 gigabits per second and the phone can at most do 10, the Pro and the Pro Max. Does that mean that there's a Thunderbolt chip inside the phone if they want you to get that Thunderbolt cable? 9to5Mac reported in August that Charger Lab leaked photos with a USB-C plug that contained a Thunderbolt chip on it. So it begs the question, if there is a Thunderbolt chip in it, is it being throttled? I know the phone is going to be limited in things that it can do. For instance, the new iPad OS 17 has a feature where you can attach an external camera to use only with FaceTime. Will you be able to do that with your iPhone? Why is it only for FaceTime? Will it be offered to other apps? And what about docks? Can I plug in an 11 port powered dock and turn my phone into a desktop computer? This is a big rabbit hole that we won't be able to answer until someone gets their hands on, on the phone and tears it apart, basically. Maybe it was supposed to be Thunderbolt and couldn't be justified for price or availability. And of course, Thunderbolt cables can work on USB-C ports. For now, we know iPhone 15 and 15 Plus as USB-C 2.0. The Pro models are USB-C 3.0. Next up, let's talk about that processor. The iPhone 15 and Plus gets last year's A16 Bionic chip, and the Pro and Pro Max get the newer A17 Pro chip. Steve Austin has left the building. 
The A17 Pro chip uses a 3 nanometer architecture, whereas the A16 Bionic is 4 nanometers. This is in line to what they actually did last year. iPhone 14 and 14 Plus got the A15 chip, whereas the 14 Pro and Pro Max got the A16 Bionic. The A17 Pro chip also improves on graphics by including what's called ray tracing. This gives a game more depth with lighting. The best part of the chip will produce a better frame rate with that lighting. You would find this in top of the line NVIDIA and AMD graphics cards. And with that, Assassin's Creed will be coming to mobile devices for the first time. The Pro and Pro Max introduced Titanium with a ceramic shield front and a textured matte glass back. Titanium is bonded process with aluminum to make the phone lighter than last year's model. Cameras are always big factors to purchasing new phones. The Pro models will be a little bit more powerful than the regular models, and some of the technology could actually make it that DSLR killer. Now let's start with that 48 megapixel main camera, 1.78 aperture, sensor shift optical stabilization, 100% focus pixels, and support of super high resolution photos. The Pro Max will further that with a 5x optical zoom and 2 times optical zoom out. Then there is that 25x digital zoom. They achieved that through some very interesting light bouncing method within the lens. I I still have to learn it a little bit myself, but it's supposed to help with pictures and not looking so blocky or pixely. The video also gets this new spatial option, which uses two of the cameras to map out the image. When Vision Pro comes out next year, you're really gonna get to see how your videos and photos will come alive. Remember Lytro back in 2018? That was the camera where you could actually change the image perspective, putting the focus on a different item and creating bokeh in the rest of it. The iPhone will have that similar feature through these lenses showing its true depth camera. And if you're making a movie, then you can change the focus easily even after the shot is done. How cool is that? The Pro and the Pro Max will support Wi-Fi 6E that speeds up to 3 gigabits per second send and 3 gigabits per second receive. Dropping a zoom call will get harder and you might not need that USB-C cable as you airdrop your photos and videos. Finally, there's that action button. It basically replaces that little toggle switch for the mute and lets you put other functions into it, like a camera shutter or silencing a timer or something else. It'll probably be limited, but you'll have some options. That's a lot of specs. And you might be thinking to yourself, I only need to take a phone call. If you're still living in the 80s, I only need to do a text message. Or maybe you'll say, I'm going to be the next Spielberg. So what's missing in the iPhone? Well, we did talk about the Thunderbolt, uh, but for the most part, there's a lot packed into this version. Compared to a Google phone like the Pixel 7 Pro, Google is going all out on AI-powered software. That and Android can be very versatile in what gets used. Apple likes that closed wall and discourages jailbreaking. It does make the iPhone more secure. There is one thing that is not in the phone that Apple wanted, and that was their own wireless chip. The modem that they were designing wasn't ready, so they had to go back to Qualcomm chips for this technology. The iPhone 16, along with possible future iPads and other devices in the next year, with a need for wireless, we'll probably see this chip inside. Android also has screen refresh rates of up to 120 hertz in all of their phones, whereas Apple only puts it into the Pro models. 
Then there's that whole eSIM controversy. Apple switched to an eSIM card instead of the standard nano SIM cards. You can still get an iPhone 15 with a nano SIM, but you can only get it in certain countries outside of the US. This means if you travel to China, for example, you might have to call a carrier to get an eSIM activated inside of the phone. Instead of just stopping at a store, buying the prepaid plan, pulling it out and replacing that little card. There are advantages to that eSIM though. Apple can take up to eight eSIMs inside of the iPhone 15. So if you do a lot of traveling or have a couple business lines, you can use only one phone. And it doesn't matter if it's on GSM or CDMA, Apple can accommodate. Now, here's the cool part. The prices look pretty high, but they haven't changed. Each phone also has a trade-in option, saving you up to $650. However, if you wait for the carrier deals to kick in, you might be getting your iPhone for a lot less. For example, I traded in my iPhone 10 for the iPhone 14. I have a 10 and a 12 at the time. I traded that in. Now I have the 12 and the 14. With my carrier, I actually got $800 rebate. If I was to trade on launch, my iPhone 12 would have probably been around $250 to $300. I'm hoping it'll be $600 to $800 when the carrier options kick in. Here's the problem though. If you wait, you might have to really wait. I know that might sound like a clue you have to find at an escape room, but I think wait times for phones could get longer if you don't act right away. The reason why is those three nanometer chips. It might be the reason why we might not see an M3 iPad or MacBook until next year. The production of these chips, more on the phones, but if enough phones are purchased, you might see your delivery day weeks or months later. A couple other issues, one from Sony on image sensors and one on lenses for the cameras are running into production issues. Forbes is reporting the 15 Pro Max might actually be four weeks later than expected or longer. Once again, depending on how many people buy the iPhone 15 Pro Max. That means if you really want to get that Pro Max as soon as possible, you better be that first person in the virtual line. In all, if you're a surfer, emailer, an occasional photo taker, the base model of iPhone 15 might be your flavor. If you want to stick with your lightning port for another year moving up, might not be your plan right now. I am interested in that 15 Pro Max for video, but when it comes to shooting photos and video, I don't like to get interrupted with phone calls or Facebook notifications. That's why I have two phones for what I do. Speaking of which, when I load my phone with apps, how will that change the performance of the camera in high resolution video? Or gaming for that matter. If it's your year to upgrade, which is usually a two year cycle, then you might want to get it once again as soon as possible. And that brings the last of the questions. What color and how much storage inside do you need? Let me know what you're going to get in the comments below. And that does it for this five tech things that you should know about. My name is Jeffrey Powers. Thanks a lot for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and bell notification so you know when the next video comes out. If you've got a topic that you want me to talk about, please let me know. I'm Geekazine everywhere on X, on Mastodon, on Blue Sky, on Threads, on uh, just look Geekazine, Think Magazine, put in a geek, and you got me. Thanks a lot for watching. Until next time, you guys geek out and take care.